There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My talkers, happy Thursday. We are hanging out with Lori and Julia, August 10th, the night of the pink concert over at Target Field. I know one person's going to be heading down there today. I've checked the weather obsessively. I would be too. (laughs) Just because I don't want it to rain. And it has followed Pink played in the rain. And she's played in the rain like four or five. Of course, when you do outdoor stadiums, it happens. But there was a picture of her the other night playing. And, you know, they'll play. We saw that with Beyonce in 2016. As long as it's not lightning. Exactly. The show must the go show on. The show will go on. I think everyone, one of a lot of my friends' favorite concert was U2 at Twin City uh, TCF Stadium in the pouring rain. I but they, everyone that, yeah. said that was like the best night ever. Oh, yeah. Well, right yep. now there are some clouds north and east of us, a little light rain clouds that are currently north and east of us. You can see that out the window right yeah. now. But it looks like unless something develops more, we won't be getting this big patch coming here like until midnight. about midnight or so. Okay. So that's, I'm not we a professional. We should all be but... home and in bed by yes. then. I picked my sister up at the airport this morning. She took the 6 a.m. flight. I go, you need to take a disco nap today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> disco nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Take some... that nap. Mm-hmm. We'll be giving away uh, another pair of Lumineer tickets uh, August 29th at Somerset Amphitheater. So listen to win for that. And, um, oh, I, everyone is heartbroken over Maui. It is so devastating what has happened there. I, it's, it was, um, Gio Benitez, who was just here two weeks ago. He's a correspondent correspondent for for Good Morning America. He, he and his family were in Maui for vacation. So he's reporting. Oh, wow. He was reporting from the scene, you know, right in, right in Lahaina and, you know, there's really Nothing. one road yeah. that kind of goes around the whole island. There's a couple other roads when you get down towards Haleakala and stuff. But dozens of people have been killed. Hundreds are missing because every single store, apartment, restaurant, all of Lahaina is gone. Yeah. So it's not just the front street, you know, and it's not, it's all the apartments and condos. And so there's Twitter or X or whatever it is. People have been posting. They're trying to find Find people. people. And uh, the island of Maui is asking visitors not to come. And I think I was saying yesterday, um, you know, July and August are as busy as February and March. In Hawaii with families, a lot of West Coast Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And uh, because... They, they, they're everyone who works. The whole island is tourism, basically, right. and so Lized, many people yes. live 
in Lahaina, 12,000 people. And it was the, the, you know, it used to be the capital. And I thought those buildings were 1800s, but 1700s. Wow. And it'll never be the same again. And it was so weird that today on Facebook, my Facebook memory that came up was my mom, Claudia, Casey, and I on. And the you know on the wall in front of the water mm-hmm. in just, La, in Lahaina in Lahaina and we'd just been at Chemo's or yeah. you know one of the restaurants and it was just like that's weird I've been to Chemo's so it's, bizarre it's, it's you, really um, devastating because if you know like island living it's so hard to rebuild living on an island everything's harder like you know every everything Cost is, of construction is, supplies the just yeah, getting the supplies there it's so hard. Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac actually has a restaurant there yeah. and lives there and he had Fleetwood which was on Front Street mm-hmm. um, downtown Lahaina and he says um that Maui and Lahaina have been my community for several decades this is a devastating moment for Maui and many are suffering an imaginable loss our our Place has been lost. While we are heartbroken, our main priority is the safety of our dear staff and team members. On behalf of myself and my family, I share heartfelt thoughts and prayers. We are committed to supporting the community and those affected by the disaster in days and months and years to come. It is going to be, it will never be the same. Does Oprah have her place on Maui? uh, Yes, she's down though in Wailea. But I feel like south, and there were a couple fires down in Wailea and Kihei. But nothing like what happened in Lahaina. The whole town is gone. So it's thousands of people displaced, yeah. hundreds still lost oh. that they can't, you know, can't be found. The emergency response in the hospitals are at breaking point. Gio Benitez, they there were, you know, a couple thousand people that were sleeping at Kahului Airport. Yeah. And they're asking people not to come to the right. island. Yeah. And President Biden um, declared Hawaii, you know, Maui a disaster mm-hmm. and national disaster. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. national disaster. So, and then also uh, the public can make online donations to the Maui Strong Fund at the Hawaii Community Foundation. It's hawaiicommunityfoundation.org. But in four hours yesterday, a million dollars. Wow. Because the Aloha spirit and people yes. have been to Hawaii and it's, I mean, so many people. Maui is the place that people go and I've, go and go. I've never been. I can't. I, I've never really? been. You live and there. I, I know. Wow. But listen, I because I had no money. Oh, yeah. True. But exactly. I did go um, to Molokai. Um, I did go to Kauai. I did go to the Big Island in Oahu. That's a lot for a year. I would say. Oh, you know? yeah. That's a lot. And, yeah. and, went, and Maui was always the more pricey. It was so it was too expensive yeah. for us to go. So mm-hmm. that's why we went to the other. I met, and my, of all places, Molokai, the leper island. My oh. friend's dad had a condo there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of condos so, there. Yeah, we went to the cheaper ones. So, yeah, people. I've have, always wanted to go to Maui. And oh, you talk so gloriously about it's, it. It's just um magical beautiful place and and one of the things and you know i was getting kind of all wound up um that people or news media kept referring to lahaina as a tourist town it's like it's historically significant it goes back to the 1700s it was the capital of hawaii there's all kinds of significant there's this very very old church the banyan tree the pioneer inn which was 18 something. I mean, it's a historic, the whole 
of De- Lahaina Front Street is on the National Historic right. Register. Yeah. It I looks like you stepped so back cool in time. If when they rebuild, they would rebuild back to the historic, but with better materials or something. You know Not what I mean? Not out of wood. The yes. hard yeah. part with that, and this is because of the same thing that Florida's dealing with with Hurricane Ian. Yeah. yeah. Because of new regulations, like things have to be built up when it's close to the water like that with hurricane stuff that it might have to change but the But this phases. wasn't a hurricane. This, this is was a, fire. a fire. But because of hurricane sure. regulations, there you know. There are new regulations there in place. The way yes. they have to build things. So it might, they're going to do their best, but they might have some sort of restrictions. I'm but, not 100% sure. I mean, sure, in the yeah. meantime, where do 12,000 people live? I mean, when you look at the maps, it's completely wiped out. So I know anyone who's a fan or have gone to Hawaii, you know, is is heart sick over it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the pictures, we've never really... Uh, you know, it's just so hard to believe. And you think of Hawaii as being a tropical place and you don't realize they also have had drought conditions. Yes. And then this hurricane that's been hovering over the islands, 85 mile hour winds. winds yeah. So it just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't, and it was kinda, couldn't stop And they it. were kind of droughtish too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's super sad. Well, hopefully a lot of people will support it and they will be able to rebuild. It's devastating. I know it's going to be were years. So devastated. I was so I know. upset yesterday. I, know I just you were. couldn't, I just, I just couldn't wrap my arms around and, and you know, the Hawaiian people are so lovely. And yeah. I just think of, um, the, there were just, it's just such a one in a kind destination mm-hmm. and every island of has Hawaii, its own personality. It does. They it do. really does. Yep. And Maui was just sort of like a lot of people's like dream vacation. Yes. The first time they want to go. I certainly hope Jason wasn't planning on going there. Yeah, I know. Oh, good call. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I think he, he went there he does. last year. Yeah. He might have gone. I, he, he usually he stays splits, in Oahu. Yeah. And maybe goes to the north side to stay in a hotel on that side. I should know his itinerary you since should. I'm his original traveler. <laughs> you should. Now, I just want you to know that um, Jay wants you to know that um, he went to pink or she went to pink. Uh, um, Jay could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, on Monday night in Washington, D.C., and the, the show was incredible. It started to rain towards the end of the show. It made it even more magical. Oh. I loved it so much, and I snagged a really good floor seat that was released about an hour ago because pink tickets did get released yes, today they did. for Target Center night. If you still want to go... Target Field. Target Field, and he said, see you tonight, Lori. Oh. So, Jay, we Jay, don't know. Jay, look for me. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. <laughs> Jay. That's, All right. that's cool. All right, listen, thanks for that uh, that report, concert report. That's great. We come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. Here's an interesting question from one of our listeners, Ann. She wants to know, can I stop my spouse from divorcing me? Well, the simple answer is no. <laughs> because we're a no-fault divorce state and you don't need a reason for a divorce, if one party wants a divorce and the other does not, the divorce will move forward. Unfortunately, these are things that you have to deal with, and that's when sometimes we're dealing with the emotional aspect. We have a lot of clients where we have to work through that to get to the point where they're understanding and engaged to get to a good settlement and accept what's going to happen. Since she didn't want the divorce, can she make her spouse pay her attorney's fees? Not necessarily. The basis to ask for the other party to pay your attorney's fees is legally under need-based or conduct-based, and both are established on a case-by-case basis. Boy, there's a lot of details with a divorce. And so this is why you should go see Ann Tressler. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword, divorce.
throwing in a little pink music for us. Thanks, Grant. Did you see what I did with that promo? I tried to drop the name. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so uh, this story was kind of inspired because uh, you know it's a real lack of any any uh, interviews with people. It's all stuff that people did before the SAG strike, and they've been uh, dolloping them out. And um, Jamie Dornan and Gal Gadot uh, are starring. Gal Gadot are starring in a Netflix Heart of Stone that comes out tomorrow. It looks so good. It does. Look it good. looks so good. And so he was, this was a, a, a YouTube, or go, I'm sorry, it was a Wired interview. Um, and he, he, I did not know this, that Jamie Dornan and Robert Pattinson were once roommates as young actors in London. Also in their flat were Andrew Garfield, Charlie Cox, and Eddie Redmayne. Wow. But in the interview, he said that, you know, for a while there he was, and he's still good friends with um, Robert Pattinson, but he was quite jealous when they were young actors because basically Robert Pattinson became... Twilight. He had Twilight and he became... Overnight. Overnight movie star. Couldn't even walk outside. I mean, he was, that was so huge. I remember a a video of them walking because he was with Kristen Stewart from Twilight at Mm -hmm. the time and those two trying to walk away from just crowds. They couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. The the pops were after, paps were after them and people. Yes. Because they were the biggest rage. But he talked about just that he was, you know, jealous of his early success and Jamie is beautiful oh but he's kind of boring oh i like him but i mean he's kind of boring in in that uh like with even if his movie i mean they're okay but robert pattinson has really gone and maybe because he became a movie star with twilight he was able to take more variety of roles yeah so um anyway but so i thought who else not going back like who was, you know, celebrity roommates going way back when. But I thought, I wonder who are some other celebs that were roommates? Uh, what could I find out? Well, I like this idea. Penn Badgley and Milo Ventimiglia were roommates. Uh, once upon a time, Penn told Bullet Magazine, he said, when I was 18, my roommate was Milo, who's 28. I used to borrow his ID to get into bars. I still got it somewhere. I love that. That's funny. <laughs> and they probably, you know, oh, the God. hair and everything. So those two used to be roommates. Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake were roommates um, uh, during, here's what happened when your child star needs to be in L.A., but your parents need you to be home. What do you do? You get your co-star's mom to adopt you. Timberlake's mom served as Ryan Gosling's legal guardian for a few months while the two were filming the Mickey Mouse Club. I love that. I know. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Gosling's mom had to keep her job in Canada the second yes. year that we were on TV. And Justin's mom was his guardian for like six months. And... Um, we were a little closer than the rest of the kids because we shared a bathroom. 
I, that's so cute. <laughs> um, let's see. Tommy Lee Jones and Al Gore were freshman roommates at Harvard. I feel like we knew that one. That's a combination. Isn't right it? There. And Brian Cranston and Mr. Houlihan. Mr. Um, you know, the sweater guy from Seinfeld. The guy that came out to the state fair. Oh, uh, what's his John O'Hurley? John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley. Oh. Brian Cranston and John O'Hurley were roommates in yes. New York. Um, Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand were roommates in the early 80s. They were introduced through their boyfriends, who were BFFs at the time. Were the, they the Cohen brothers? I'm just kidding. I don't know. The four of us hit it off. Holly told Vulture, we all moved to the North Bronx. We got two apartments, one for each couple. Then we broke up with our boyfriends, and Fran... Moved in with me. She's as fabulous as she seems. We loved being roommates. That would be a fun... I bet they were interesting being roommates. Yeah. Now, Connie Britton was roommates with um, not only Kristen Gillibrand, the senator, but she was also roommates with Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. When they were starting out in Hollywood, they camped out together in an empty house. They squatted. Oh and my gosh. Lauren Graham said Bonnie. we had no furniture and all we ate were Rice Krispie treats. Huh. And they're still friends. Because that was when an they... expensive treat to eat. Yeah, well. More expensive than Raymond soup. Uh, ramen. ramen. <laughs> but these two always wish, wish each other happy birthday on social media with old photos of the two of them from back in the day. That's cool. Connie, um, I like that. Of course, we know Ben Affleck and... Um, uh, Matt Damon have gone way, way back, but in their early years of fame, they did split the rent to make end meets, but they ended up in debt. They had rented a house in a house in Venice and 800 people came and stayed with us. And we ran out of money and they got matching cars. Remember they got matching cars after, Goodwill after yeah. Goodwill hunting, yeah. another pair in the running for coolest college roommates Wes Anderson, the filmmaker, and Owen Wilson. I just told you that this last week. I totally forgot. I that. know. I don't yeah. think you were listening. Yeah, they met. I in the literally just told class. you this. Yes. Yeah, and, and they never spoke in class. And then they worked on what be- mm-hmm. became Bottle Rocket. Mm-hmm. That part I remember you told me. Let's see who else. Oh, Danny DeVito and Michael Douglas used to be roommates in the '60s. Oh, I like knowing that. They've been close pals ever since. Douglas said it was always a magical time, but DeVito was always very slobby. But we were getting paid to act, so we didn't care. Now this one I didn't. I guess I don't remember this. Brad Pitt and Jason Priestley, before they were '90s heartthrobs, they were roommates in L.A. Jason Priestley, a memoir. Recall that they used to over, they used to have competitions over who could go the longest without showering. Oh, I'm having that right now with myself. Are you? <laughs> anyway, Raven Simone and Lindsay Lohan were roommates for a hot minute. Diana Agra, Agron, and Leah Michelle were roommates, and Jason Siegel and Kevin Hart were roommates once upon a time. That as were fun. Rashida Jones and Oliver Hudson. Well, that would make sense. Both their parents are famous. They exactly. probably put them together. Goldie Hawn yeah. and the dad. Quincy. Yes, Quincy Adams. Quincy, Quincy Jones. Quincy Adams. Quincy Adams is, is a little gone. older. This is a little older. Hey, everybody. Lori and Julia for El Burrito Mercado. And it's the weekend, people. And it, they have such a lovely restaurant indoors and the patio restaurant as well to sit out and have a margarita, enjoy some music, enjoy 
all the outdoor, you know, possibilities for you. It's such a relaxed it, vibe there. And then it to really be able to is. shop in the deli, get some treats. I mean, the authentic grocery store. I mean, with everything that you would see, you know, in traditional, you know, grocery store in Mexico. So if you're really looking for huge array of spices, the amazing um, chips. Because oh, the chips are the so The potato good. chips, the chip flavors um, in Mexico, there's so many cool flavors and they carry all that at they El do. Burrito Mercado. Plus, you know, on the weekends you might be thinking of a new place to go have breakfast. They serve amazing authentic Mexican breakfast seven days a week at El Burrito Mercado. Go check them out and tell them Lori and Julia sent you. Well, we are delighted to have back our Expert on all things makeup and and lotions and potions to make us look younger and feel better. And we have Brian with us, Brian Barron. He's the director of research at Paula's Choice. And um, we're going to talk drugstore makeup today. Hi, Brian. Hello, hello. Yes, it's been a while since we've touched on this topic. It has been a while. I've been asked by people, what is some long-lasting foundation, drugstore foundation that works? So there's there's a handful of them out there, and they pretty much all use um, a, a similar technology where they, they wrap the pigments in these long-wearing siloxanes that have a great ability to cling to the skin. They can hold up when you have oily skin, because if you have oily skin, you've likely at one point or another struggled with your makeup not making it past lunch. Mm-hmm. So these, uh, they, they, com- they combine those ingredients with powder-like uh, solvents that just lend a really nice, soft focus type finish. One of my favorites uh, that's just been really consistent, it's been out for a while, but it's the Maybelline Superstay Full Coverage Foundation. Uh, it's $14.00. Not a bad price. It often goes on sale for less than that. Uh, you can get medium to full coverage. You know, if you don't, if the coverage is a little bit too strong, you can cheer it out a little bit if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice shade range. It's fragrance free. It's easy to blend. So that's probably my top pick. But you could also look to the uh, Color State Collection from Revlon. They're they kind of invented that whole transfer resistant technology. Okay. Uh, other companies kind of built on over the years. Um, the new one can, from the... Oh, I'm sorry. Can yeah. we go back to the Maybelline Superstay Full co- Coverage? And we have all this on our show page today if people want to get this. Okay. Is this a powder yeah. foundation, a hybrid powder? It is a liquid. I'm okay. sorry. I should have said that right out of the okay. gate. But it does It does have a, uh, a powder-like finish. It's not going to make your skin look dry. Okay. But if you... Unless you have really oily skin, you're probably not going to need powder on top of it. Oh, that's nice. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe if you if you have a bit of an oily T-zone, you could dust on some forehead, nose, and chin before proceeding. But, I mean, that's, that's a case-by-case basis. And it can be personal preference, too. You might like a little bit of a sheen you get. Right. right. Okay. Ooh, I, I want to try I know. That. I've already got it up. <laughs> <laughs> we buy everything you tell us to buy. We're good listeners well, the that other way. One I was going to mention uh, this is this is for lighter coverage. Uh, it's relatively new. It's the Revlon Color Stay Light Cover Foundation. One of the complaints from some people of the original Color Stays is that they're fairly opaque. It's harder to shear them down. Mm-hmm. And while some people like or need that amount of coverage, 
a lot of people don't. They want something that looks more natural, that, you know, they may have some freckles that they want to show through. They're not trying to cover everything up. They just want to even their skin tone. Right. Take down a little bit of redness. So I like the Revlon one for that. And that does have the added advantage of being SPF 35. Ooh, oh. um, so I like to think of foundations with sunscreen. This is another liquid. Yep. Um, as being able to top off your moisturizer with SPF. You can rely on a foundation with sunscreen for sun protection if, if you apply it liberally and evenly. And a lot of people don't. They kind of tend to skimp on foundation mm-hmm. or They'll apply it more liberally in a couple of areas, but not all over their entire face. Because otherwise, it just looks like too much makeup. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, you got to have that. Put the sunscreen on first. Oh, we do so much layering. I know. I know. (laughs) So much layering. Honestly, I think because more and more people are doing that and they're acclimating to it, we're seeing product textures across brands and categories get much lighter. Mm-hmm. And, and and so and as a result, products are actually um, becoming more compatible, even if you're using from multiple brands. You know, there's that it, it is kind of a myth that you need to stay within one skincare right. line or one brand. What other area do we do that? You know, are you buying clothes from one company no, or right. you know, food mm-hmm. from one brand? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I do do that. A lot. You mix um, sunscreen, lotion, sunscreen lotion, in with a little makeup and bronzer yeah. foundation. Mm-hmm. I mix them all together. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. I have a question for you. Hey, what else? Yeah. This is just. I'm derailing for half a second. Then we'll come back. You know, I was tra- thinking about these long-lasting foundations, but I was thinking of like bare minerals. It was all the rage. You know, 20 years ago when it came out. Is that still mm-hmm. a good brand for coverage? Um, their, their original powder foundations are fairly high coverage, but because all of those ingredients, there's, there's a bit of a shine to it because of some of the ingredients they use. So it doesn't necessarily dull down your complexion, Okay. but it doesn't change the overall absorbent nature of that loose powder mineral makeup. And personally, when I've tried to put that on other people, it works, but it, because it's a loose powder, it's messy. It is messy. You know, even yep. when you do the tap and buff thing they tell you to, and then mm-hmm. it, it's just it's in the air. You're like, I'm right. really supposed to be breathing this in. I don't know. I generally prefer liquid or cream or stick foundations. Okay. I find them much easier to work with. And do you put them on with a sponge or a brush? It um, if I'm if I'm putting something like that on myself, for example, mm-hmm. I just use clean fingers. Okay. Yeah. But whenever, for hygiene purposes, when I put, when I'm doing somebody else's makeup, I would uh, typically use a brush and then I use a sponge to blend and buff. Because I've I've found that there's certain, I like that combination as opposed to one or the other. Yeah. I find the sponge is good for finishing. Love it. All right. All right. Let's move on to mascara because people are, you know, you should replace your mascara every three months. Is that correct, Brian? Yeah, ideally, if mm-hmm. you're using, and if you're using it daily, which most mascara wears, right. say, yeah, it's put it on daily, um, you're going to find that even before that three-month mark, it starts to change consistency, yes. changes texture, it goes on a little heavier and drier. Mm-hmm. So even without knowing, has it really been three months yet? Right. You kind of know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, do. your mascara is just going to start changing. But yes, uh, otherwise, the, the preservative system in those products 
cannot be as robust. Not, I'm not saying they aren't effective, but mm-hmm. they can't use the same level in something that is going so close to the eye itself. Oh, all right. All right. So I'm going to start getting my mascara more often. I forget that. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, that's a good one to remind us about. All right. Tell us about this Maybelline Lash Sensation. The Maybelline Lash Sensational Mascara uh, Sky High. There's there's different versions. So we're talking about the one called Sky Sky High High. here. It's about $12. I did an informal poll of my female coworkers um, because I have a lot of favorite mascaras. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to get some common denominator showing up. This one was mentioned, I think at least five times. Really? <laughs> really? Yes. And, and these are, these are from, you know, some serious, you know, th- these are, these are women out there trying a lot of different types of mascaras and they keep coming back to this one. They love it for the amazing wear. It lengthens and thickens, but doesn't over thicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has that they really uh, like the uh, variegated rubber bristle brush. They felt that it allowed them to achieve a variety of different lash looks. Oh, all right. I'm okay. looking at it. I guess I haven't seen a rubber brush before. Yeah, they, they became common a few years back. I'm not exactly sure why. I think Maybelline was first to market with a rubber bristled brush, or maybe it was CoverGirl with their last Lash Blast products, which I think all of the Lash Blast mascaras are consistently good. They may not be like over the top dramatic or amazing, but if you're a fan of the CoverGirl brand, I I can get behind any of those Lash Blast formulas. And then L'Oreal has, the, this got a few mentions, their Unlimited Lash Lifting and Lengthening Washable Mascara. I had never seen this one before. It has a unique two-position wand. You can actually bend it. Some Sometimes as a oh. makeup artist, hear the makeup artist say, you know, take your mascara wand and you, know, you can bend it or manipulate it to get every last lash. Because with some of those brushes and the way the wand is designed, depending on the shape of your eye, you can't get to all your lashes even, right. evenly. Right. And so this L'Oreal one allows you to manipulate uh, the uh, the wand itself, so that you can accomplish that, and it does. It gives a really nice lifted look to lashes, which can be really nice if you have lashes that are um, naturally grow a bit downward, mm-hmm. as Ooh. opposed to you know that natural fringe. Yeah, yeah, I like that because I, I, I can never, I, I can never get the one side of my eye. I can never. I always look like I'm missing mascara on one eye. I need a bendable brush. I love this idea. All right. How about some eyeliners? You love an eyeliner. Eyeliner is one of my favorites. It's just so easy to use, particularly if you're a fan of liquid eyeliner, is the um, NYX or NYX Epic Mm -hmm. Ink Liner. It's $10. It really is waterproof. I mean, you could almost go swimming in this, and it's just going to stay put. Uh, It has a flexible brush, but it also it's. Liquid eyeliner, liquid eyeliner can be tricky because if the brush isn't strong enough, it's very difficult to get a, a thin line if that's what you're going for. I love this so one, Brian. Heavy. Yeah, I've been yeah. a fan of this one. I keep going back to this eyeliner. It is such a good little pot and a good little brush. Mm-hmm. Great pigmentation. Yeah. Even it does come in a super big range of colors, but mm-hmm. like your black, your black and brown is there, and that's. Pretty much all most people are going to need, yep. unless you're doing a bit more, I guess you could say, costume-type makeup where you want to use a more 
um, obvious color, mm-hmm. like a metallic purple or a green. I mean, that, those have their place, but NYX is not the brand with this particular product for that. Where for would that we color. get that? Who would have uh, dramatic colors in an eyeliner? <laughs> mm, MAC does. Um, the the Morphe brand has several options. ColourPop, which is available online, that's a really fun, inexpensive makeup line. How about L'Oreal? Good old L'Oreal. L'Oreal, L'Oreal has, you know, they the, in their seasonal collections, you may find some more interesting, fun colors like peacock green and stuff like yeah. that. But their um, infallible Never Fail eyeliner, this is a, uh, a twist-up pencil-type eyeliner. It's creamy yet super long-wearing. Uh, it does have that nice precision tip that you can wind up and then wind back down, which is really nice. The tip's not going to break. And the whole pencil unit comes with not only a, an angled smudger, which is great if you want to smoke out the line yeah. a little bit, but it also has a built-in sharpener. Mm. So if you want to make the tip pointier, which some people may want that, then it's right there. So it's kind of a nice little all-in-one, and it's $10. Oh, my gosh. I love I this. Love okay, I have a quick question for you because uh, we're out of time. I know we're out of time. Well, yesterday so, when I did oh. my the lipstick, and I you oh. gave me a lipstick for my birthday, I, and it shows up on Brian's list for, for a long-wearing lip color. It's you, the best. Can you tell us about this one? The yes, Maybelline? Yes, the, Maybelline, the Maybelline Superstay Vinyl Ink Liquid Lip Color. I'm almost positive I've mentioned this on the on Yeah, the you did. It's so wonderful. It is amazingly long-wearing, yet comfortable. It's about $13. Uh, The range of shades they offer is it just gets consistent raves. So uh, very much uh, a put-it-on-and-forget-about-it type product, which you certainly can say that for most traditional lipsticks. No, you can't. I absolutely love this. And that was, I've brought a couple of them now. Because that was a great recommendation. These are all great recommendations. We never have enough time with you, Brian. Mm Mm-mm. Um, thank you so much, so much for your time. And we'll talk to you sometime within the next month, I hope. I look forward to it. All right. Pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. All this is posted on the Lori and Julia show page for you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It really is the dog days of August around here. (laughs) That's true. I mean, Thursdays is the new Friday in August. Yes. Really? I agree. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty quiet around here about uh, 1 o'clock to 11. Yeah. So uh, the Emmy Awards have been given an official date, January yes. 15th, which is a Monday, the day after the Critics' Choice Awards. Where does this leave the Golden Globes? Nobody knows. They're going to be on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. No, no. The, oh. We don't know. The Golden Globes have no date. They oh. took Sunday, January 7th, but they don't have a broadcast partner. And as we know, last year with the Screen Actor Guild Awards, it was broadcast on Netflix. And there was very little red carpet to mm-hmm. speak of. I know. And so will the Golden Globes go the way? And we couldn't, it was, why watch? You just watched on Twitter or followed, you know, an entertainment outlet. It, it just, it had no, so anyway, who knows what that that's going to mean for the, because the Globes, um, there's more questions than answers. Because remember, they disbanded oh, yeah, they the did. Hollywood Foreign Press. They did. So j- the January 15th weekend in Hollywood will be huge. I'm just saying, you know, if we wanted to be in L.A. that weekend. Um, although we do have the AARP Movie for Grown Up Awards later in the month. But that would be if you're planning a trip to L.A. And this is if the strike 
Um, and, and I mean, it would all be moved. But I mean, I do think that reasonable people and minds must prevail and it won't go that long. So this, you know, that the strikes right. will be long gone by then. So that's that. And then um, Grant posted for us. Yes, Taylor Sheridan has another TV show. I know. I saw this. This guy never I know. Stops. Did you see the trailer no, when I you were watching Lioness? No. No, I haven't watched Lioness. Oh, you haven't? Oh. No. You know, Brittany's husband is in that. Yes, we talked he about that yesterday. He is the hunky. He got another hunk job. He got another two oh. lines last night yeah. in, in the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the Hamptons. And it was kind of fun to be in the Hamptons just to like visually, you know, see it because they had some aerial view. But during the lioness and Casey's going crazy trying to figure out what Nicole Kidman's done to her face. I, I'm with you. On the lioness, see, on I'm the lioness. Yes, she when looks you watch it, so, all right, all oh, right. It's like what? What? I, I have said it's it's the unattractive hairdo and the fact that she is a stern CIA taskmaster. She's got that look, yeah, like a stern. So she's yeah. very, you know, severe looking in her suit. So her Serious. hair is kind of parted. She doesn't have a lot of makeup, and he goes, no, no, no. There's something, something, you know, and I'm like, can we just watch the show? That's funny. You know, I hate That's getting funny. derailing with that kind of stuff. But anyway, I kind of think it's it's her character. But yeah, that makes sense. Maybe there is something about her ears. Yeah, I'll have to okay. look at Maybe she didn't that. see right. somebody like Dr. Jarvis and she might have a bit of a pixie ear going on. Is what they call <laughs> is that it what the, they call that? In the facelift business by someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, Which you my would gosh. think that she would know. But anyway, I digress. During the Linus Special Ops fourth episode, we see a trailer of yet another tape. Because remember, Taylor is doing all the writing on this show. So you can understand why he really had didn't put any attention in the Yellowstone. He has so many yeah, other he things Tulsa going on. King, the yes. mayor, Mayor Kingstown. But you know he had he he'd gone away from one. the writing on Yellowstone. I mean, he's got writing on it, but there's always other writers with Yellowstone in the last couple seasons. Yep, he's which is why I think Kevin friends. Costner had such beef with him because he feels that being the governor. Was the worst of Montana is not something John Dutton would have ever done, and yeah. as as longtime fans, we agree. Now there'll be a whole another group of people who will see Yellowstone on CBS in September. We're going to have to talk about it, maybe even watch it again. Go back to the oh, beginning because it was totally on so long ago. I might go back to the beginning because Jeff's never seen it. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind going back, and I think Casey would like it too. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a fan of every other Taylor Sheridan yes, no show. No kidding. So anyway, David Oyello stars in this uh, book, and it's called, and people know him from Selma. He played Martin Luther King. And it's the real-life story of a former slave-turned-lawman, and it's called Lawman Bass Reeves. And um, we just got a little look at it. David Oyello's executive producing with Taylor Sheridan. It looks When good. does this come out? Yes. Um, this one, we don't even know. No. It's an eight episode. It's already done, I suppose. Barry Pepper is in it. You know, remember Barry Pepper mm-hmm. played 42 or what was the baseball guy he played that was... 42, the, 42 was actually... Not 42, was Chadwick that's Bozen. Jackie Robinson. Yeah, and yeah. he played Chadwick Boseman. But was Barry it, Pepper played in... Uh, was um, it the one with the Mickey Mantle? No. Yes. When, when it was he about, played the other guy. Uh, not Lou Gehrig, but Mickey's roommate. Um, yeah. 
I know who you're talking about. I'll have so to look. you'll recognize yeah. Barry Pepper. He's in it. Donald Sutherland is in it. And um, Garrett Headland is in it. Oh, all right. And I feel like we saw Garrett in a small thing on Yellowstone or that he might have had something. I don't know. Um, and then Dennis Quaid is a Who's, U.S. Deputy Marshal who, who recruits. Kind of a top 10 Christian gospel album out right now. He's tried to make his movie career or music career happen for years and years. But I think I, I'd be curious because I called my little sister up and I said, remember who, you know, you saw at a big party yeah. in Bozeman in the yeah. early 80s? Mm-hmm. He's now got a Christian album. But that's but also because Christian gospel. music uh, album, you know, they will buy. It's a targeted thing because yeah, the be, passion. I'd be curious if it's any good because he had a traveling band, kind of like yes, the Bacon Brothers, kind of like Kevin Costner. He would just like to sell more yeah. than a thousand. Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, so anyway, it does look good, and yeah. there's a lot of good people in it, but we don't know when it's coming out. All right, I've got one for you because I've been confused about this. You remember when we read the book Red, White, and Royal Blue? And we thought it was by the Fug Sisters. It wasn't. We read this book, and it was by. Um, you book. would remember the cover if you. Oh, are we already done? It, yeah. Is anyway, this the one that's going to be on um, TV? It's, it's going to be on Amazon tomorrow night, and it's with um, the Prince of England. England falls for the son of an American president. Oh yes, I do. And we loved this. this. Yes. So that's going to be on Amazon tomorrow night. Red, white, and royal, royal blue. And I hope it's as good as the book. Oh, the book was phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. And Billions is back on Sunday. Oh, Let's come back to Showtime. That's... So there's stuff happening. Bobby is back.